Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the delightful Tammy Sager. We find out what Jordan does when he blacks out drunk. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. A beautiful afternoon in the Mountain Chalet. Jesse, before we get officially started, right? Could I could I just divert things for just a little bit, really just, quick, just for something unofficial? For something unofficial. This is off the record, right? This is abs- uh, I'm not recording right now. Just uh, FYI. Good, thank you. This is just for us personally. Gotcha. For personal use. I'll have my secretary turn off the tapes. Thank you. Um, Jesse, I don't, you know, as, as, as you know, I occasionally, um... By the way, if you think that I record all these on, uh, microphones, like in a sort of radio type setup, yeah, like a no. reel-to-reel. No, it's a Lyndon Johnson White House style setup. I have a secretary yeah. and hidden microphones that record everything that go on in my office. Uh, Jesse, as you know, I occasionally, uh, you know, submit writing packets to, mm-hmm. like, uh, to TV shows. Sure. Uh, to, to, to try and get a job, and, and a lot of times... Um, you know, it'll be a, a like a topical TV show, like a sure. talk show or like an award show. Right. And they will want you to write like topical jokes and sketches. Like you you'll know, have to write something about uh, the latest cable hits for the Cable Ace Awards. Absolutely. Sure. Um, Arliss. Right. I write a lot of Arliss material <laughs> sure. for the Cable Ace Awards. <laughs> sure. Uh, and, you know, so, you know, sometimes so you turn in these writing packets and usually you don't hear anything and kind of the material just kind of goes away. And some of it I'm kind of proud of. What would other words be like if we replaced the S's with dollar signs? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> uh, snakes would be a whole lot richer. <laughs> <laughs> just an example of some of the, the great jokes. <laughs> that I turned into the 1992 Cable Ace Awards. They <laughs> <laughs> um, just wasted see, it all on frozen yeah. mice. But see, like, great great jokes like that, like, sometimes they just go away. Um, so I had a little, just a really quick comedy sketch about yeah. the Oscar race. Yeah, sure. The upcoming Oscar race, and you sure. know, like, you know, if this doesn't... The artist, war horse... Bridesmaids. Here, I'm going to hand this to you. You'll play Jesse, and okay. I'll play Jordan just really quick. And I, and I, I, I this promise we'll does get seem like, I mean, I have to say, Jordan, real quick, before mm-hmm. we read this sketch, I have not seen this sketch. Yeah. I, assuming that this was pitched to a talk, this was part of one of your writing sketch, uh, packets for a talk show, I probably would have written it for the people on the talk show rather than for you and me. Yeah, well, you know, I writing changed... it for Jordan and Jesse, I would have written it for say Conan and Andy. Well, well, you know, I I, I changed the names and just you know because technically when you turn in those writing packets, it's like the property of the show. And Jimmy I just Fallon and one of his female admirers. This is for uh, Wolf Blitzer and his new sidekick. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> They're doing more comedy now on the Situation Room. Wolf Blitzer and Joy Behar. Yeah, <laughs> you got a comedy team now. Mm. So you're Jesse and I'm Jordan. Okay, so Jordan, uh, what are your Oscar picks for this year? Uh, well, The Descendants really didn't do it for me. Um, I thought the artist was really charming, and of course, I loved War Horse. Wait, was that last one? Uh, you know, Steven Spielberg's War Horse. You mean War Horse? I think you're pronouncing it wrong. No, I'm not. Okay. What was the movie about? Oh, it was about a boy during World War One and his bond with a very special horse. Okay, see, 
In that sentence, you said war and horse normally. Why, when you say the title, do you pronounce it war horse? I don't have time for this. I have awful diarrhea. <laughs> and that's the. I don't understand why you don't get these jobs. I Jordan. don't either. I haven't gotten one of these yeah. jobs so far. I don't understand yeah, how it's, it's possible. You know, it's all politics and showbiz. It's you all know, who you it know, is you know. all politics. You know why? It's because you're not close enough to Santorum. Yeah. If you had one more sweater vest. Yeah, I know. That's why Dave Mustaine gets all the writing jobs <laughs> of Megadeth. If you were a real Christian, Jordan, yeah. you would be getting these writing like jobs. Dave Mustaine. Uh, shall we introduce yes. our guest on yes. the program? Should we go it's official? too long. Do yeah. you mind if I flip the switch and we go official on this thing? Yeah. Do you go want back me to on the start record? recording the tape again, Mr. Coy? <laughs> That's your secretary, by the way. You told to stop the tape. Uh, our, Classic secretary voice, by the way. Yeah. Our guest uh, our guest is a legendary improviser and sketch comedian. She's also uh, a wonderful television <laughs> writer uh, who has written for uh, television programs, including the uh, 30 Rock television show. Uh, she is currently a writer, on, uh, a writer and producer mm. on a show you may have heard of called How I Met Your Mother. Uh, please welcome to the program Miss Tammy Sager. That was some of my legendary improv coming in as that secretary. That was there. pretty amazing. That yes, was- and. <laughs> yes, and that was amazing. Because you said you were getting your secretary to turn off the tape. And, right. And then. I right, was, I was her turning it back on. And what we didn't see is your space work indicating not only that you were wearing eyeglasses, but that they were the kind that were that are pointy, like yep. a cat's Ca- eyes, cat's eyes, and I'd, like I'd a Lisa blonde. Loeb situation, mm-hmm. and blonde pin pin curled hair, right? Because I had been hired not for my intelligence. Be careful, I'm getting a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Take tread care. lightly. Pin curls. Uh, tread, <laughs> tread lightly upon my boner. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, it is a joy to have you on the program. It is a joy to be here. Oh, Jordan, did you know? Did, <laughs> it's a joy, Behar. Yeah, it's a, Jordan, <laughs> did you know that Tammy Sager? Did you know that Tammy Sager helped invent uh, werewolf bar mitzvah? I think I did know that. Congratulations! Thank Tammy. you very much. That's like one of the funniest jokes. Ah, thanks. Yeah, might be the greatest thing ever. Well, I, um, Robert Carlock wrote Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, right? Spooky, scary, and then I said. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Which is the best part of the <laughs> yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Which is the best thing ever! And then, yeah, and then we were like, we can write a full song. So we <sighs> did. Man. I love that you love it so much. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> it was Terry. really fun to write. I love it so I mean diabetes repair is pretty great too. <laughs> yeah. I mean there have been two great things on 30 Rock. I think we can agree the rest of 30 Rock has been a real washout. <laughs> I think America agrees. Yeah. I think Tina Fey agrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, just, those were the peaks. just coasting. Not yeah. at all. It's a fucking amazing television <laughs> program. And Tammy, on your new on your new, uh, I don't. It's not a new job necessarily, but on your your current job on How You Met Your Mother, how much FaceTime do you have with Neil Patrick Harris? Oh, um, I see him at least a couple of days a week, two or three days a week. That's a great amount of time. Yeah, it's awesome. I would enjoy spending that much time with him. He is delightful. That whole cast is delightful. I actually, this uh, past week, I was on set, so I had five days this week. You know what I'd like what? to do? Shake their hands. You totally could. You know what I'd say? Hey. Great work, Neil Patrick Harris. You know what else I'd say? Great work, lady from Buffy. You're tremendous on this program. You know what else I would say? Hey, great work, Siegel. Mm -hmm. Way to go. And I'd say, you're beautiful, lady. Kobe Smulders. 
Sure. You're a beautiful woman. She is. I'd say, hey, way to write and direct your own movie, other guy, little guy. Josh Radner. Not so little. Like six six feet. Really? Yeah. Okay. Guy who reads as little on television. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe because Jason Segel's big. Jason Segel is a big man. He's he's like 6'3", 6'4", right? Yeah. He's a big man. He is a big man. Yeah. He is a big man. We just did a a visual joke with him having a growth spurt, and uh, we had him up against some children, and it was was pretty pretty (laughs) awesome. It was exactly what you want. Did he palm their heads like basketballs? (laughs) No, but that would have been great. That would have been good. He totally could. He was lifting them when Mm. I made that sound. Yeah. FYI. That was an FYI to the people at home, and also to my secretary transcribing it later. (laughs) How do you spell FYI, Mr. Thorne? Oh. Oh, Patches. I didn't hire... Her name's Patches, by the way. I thought it was Peaches, but you're right. It's Patches. Yeah. I misread it. Yeah. In <laughs> my character bio. Yeah. She, she tightens those pin curls too tight. <laughs> That's her problem. That's how she got that nickname. <laughs> she said some patches of her hair have fallen mm-hmm. out. Okay. Mm-hmm. From over-tightening her pin curls. Try. Well, look, we've got a lot of fun ahead of us on this week's Jordan Jesse Go. This has just been a taste. Official, <laughs> unofficial. Tammy Sager, look, this is going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Tammy Sager, just general sweetheart. Yeah. Oh. Can I take that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, she is. She's mm-hmm. a she's a real peach. <laughs> real patch. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, I, I want to... Can I check in with you about something? Please. Because this is something I've been really curious about. Wouldn't you? I've been thinking about it a lot as I've been eating this box of uh, premium jelly beans that my wife got me at Trader Joe's. Mm. Um, which is, uh, how are you doing on your, I should explain this to Tammy, uh, a few months ago, Jordan, uh, in an effort to have a more... Actually, it's been a little more than a year. No way. It has. Wow. Yes. I would be so much more impressed if I knew what you were doing. Oh, that's right, if I did it either, yeah. <laughs> Jordan took a vow of silence that he has broken <laughs> on this day. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I said was that Arliss joke. <laughs> <laughs> I've been building that up. <laughs> This guy had 500 pages of notes. He went back through them. He highlighted our list, brought it here, mm-hmm. opened it up, and read it into the microphone. Um, Jordan, in an effort to live a more healthy lifestyle, gave up sugar. Yes. Uh, well, I guess maybe sweets. more specifically you call it sweets. sweets. Um, you he'll, like he'll eat like a bread. Like a, yeah, like a ketchup. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, I kind of decided to get rid of wow. candy, desserts, soda, wow. sugar and coffee, that kind of thing. Wow. Um, and it's been going pretty good. You know, there's been some lapses, like, uh, you know, like a cake at a wedding. Uh, there's a couple, you know, a uh, few margaritas with Mexican food. He ate a cake at a wedding. A whole cake, yes. <laughs> I married a cake in a wedding. <laughs> and then ate it. Um but it something good news. <laughs> good news is that he's Catholic, and it turns out if you eat your wife, that's an automatic annulment. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there you sure. Go. It's called transubstantiation. <laughs> <laughs> it's very complicated. Um, it involves the crown of thorns. Sure. Um, but I had so I had I had a lapse that that kind of kind of made me wonder how committed I am to this whole thing. I um, 
It was our good buddy Chris Fairbanks's birthday. Yeah, and, very uh, funny, popular guest on this program. He, uh, he had his birthday party at a bar, like, um, you know, just on the corner where my house was. So uh, I'm like, great, walking distance. So I walked, and I just, just really just drank more than I have in a long time. And then in my mind, kind of what happened was that I walked home and went to sleep. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then I – so this – and then go to two days later – I'm in my car and I, I I have this overpowering the overpowering scent of syrup is in the car just like like Mrs. Butterworth's syrup and I don't know where this is coming from I don't know where it's coming from at all and I then I look on my sw- the sweater I'm wearing was the same sweater I was wearing that night and from I swear to God from shoulder to elbow is just caked in syrup. <laughs> Like, imagine syrup on, like, a wool sweater. Oh, my lord. And and then I just got this crazy recovered memory, like this, like, something that I had, that was not in my brain before, and then I remembered with crazy clarity of me, I didn't leave the bar and go home, I left the bar and walked, like, a mile to IHOP and ate pancakes in a blackout <laughs> state, and apparently put my arm in... In on the plate or in the syrup or in a pool of it somehow, and so yeah, I I I've Wait, been just by yourself by myself. You just I got... sat at the counter and just got not even like a breakfast, not even like oh the you know the grand slam. It was just pancakes. So you got so drunk yeah. that you weren't aware of what was going on around you. I right. love the recovered memory part of it, like the. Like the children Do you think it's who had possible? a doll to yeah. point. Like, yes, show <laughs> me where you put the pancakes. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Do you think it's possible that your parents were in a satanic cult and that's <laughs> what caused you to eat the pancakes? I mean, that would be nice if I had something to blame it on other than uh, poor self-control. <laughs> I have to say, when you first started telling the story of like being in a car and smelling syrup, my fear was that you drove in a blackout and got... Something and like you were discovering the scent oh, in the car. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, then, I, was, I was good enough to actually okay, walk. that's great. So then I was like, the fact that it would concern you, not that you drove blind drunk, right. but that you ate sugar. I'm like, no. what? <laughs> right, exactly. No, Jordan, the real, the, what really is the problem is you're drinking and driving. Um, I'm just relieved it was all over your sweater. Yes, it was. Um, I'm worried now that you're going to start drinking in order to black out, in order to enable yourself to eat pancakes. Yeah, I'm... But, you know, I guess here's the good part of that, is that the pancakes included a mile walk to, <laughs> and to and from IHOP, so maybe that cancels cancels out the fact that... And we should mention that you were wearing Skechers Shape Up, so it used 5% <laughs> more calories. Right. Absolutely. When I walked in here, you said, Jordan, you look a little more like Joe Montana today. <laughs> he, does he advertise that? Yeah, I believe he does. Okay, thank you. You also threw me that perfect spiral. Right, exactly. <laughs> and had a Genesis game that wasn't as good as Madden. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so Joe I'm wondering. Joe Montana sports talk football. I, I get it, Mr. Thorne. <laughs> Boy talk. <laughs> you men with your, with your sports references. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of wondering. I, I, I guess I worry that maybe I've done other sugar eating in a blackout state <laughs> that maybe I don't remember. Have you been finding like sweet factory bags like lying around your house? You're just, sweet just factory. Like going to the mall and getting $8 yeah. a pound candy. I yeah. guess this is what I'm imagining right now. I'm imagining you in West Hollywood, California, going out to a bar. 
getting super wasted, then wandering home, getting on a bicycle, and bicycling to Orange County, where you grew up, 30 miles away, and going to the Irvine Spectrum. To get an Orange Julius. <laughs> get an Orange Julius. I think I was just imagining just way. just opening yeah, I mean, opening one of those opening one of those troughs of candy at a bulk candy store <laughs> and putting your head in. Right. I just slip the I slip the teen behind the counter a hundo. <laughs> and I just say, I'm gonna take a little dive in these jawbreakers. <laughs> You're drunk, so that's why you don't have the sense to not do it in the jawbreakers. Yeah, exactly. Is that how you broke your jaw? It is, yeah. Just yeah. slammed my face right into a pile of jawbreakers. <laughs> wow, you actually did that, Jordan. Yeah. You have been, I mean, you have openly admitted to me over the course of this time that you have not been thinking about like candy or something like that. It has been pancakes that yeah. you're obsessed over. Sure. And yeah, I guess I finally just cracked. I finally guess I just had had enough of I'm, not having pancakes. Yes. I'm I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to eat pancakes anymore. I I was a I was a man on a ledge. Tammy, have you ever like given something up for real? I I have. What? A, a number of things. Uh I I for 45 days I gave up sugar and white flour and then fell off that ledge. Oh, white really flour. Hard. That was probably tough. That was that that combination was terrible. What was um what was the thing that that you missed the most? Everything. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> I food missed that a reason good. to live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I missed a purpose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, it's intense to give up something that big. All that's left is bacon, right? And I don't eat bacon. Oh, no. Yeah. You don't eat hog? I don't eat hog. You don't mess with hog? <laughs> I don't mess mm-hmm. with the hog. No. Oh, no. Yeah. I guess, and I, I guess there's also part of me that worries that, like, that, like, I don't know. I feel like. You know, blackout drunkenness is reserved to do like, you know, to do to like let your id go crazy and like your let your innermost desires come out. Like, oh no, that's that is what my animal self oh. wants to do is sit alone at IHOP and eat pancakes. <laughs> like, so your biggest concern is that you're like a sad, yeah, sad middle aged lady, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Down. I'm like, like, you know, you're I, a Kathy cartoon. I need to treat myself. <laughs> Ack, yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Oi. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, maybe I should like try something else in my next blackouts. Like, I don't know, maybe I should get into a fight or... Gay sex in the park? Yeah. yeah some... You're in West Hollywood, dude. Yeah, there's lots Fucking of... get some regrets. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> if my theme for 2012 is going to be more powerful than ever, maybe yours should be get some regrets. <laughs> maybe it should just be more interesting blackouts. <laughs> <laughs> But with Ambien, that's like what they've discovered, right? That there's a lot of Ambien fueled eating that happens. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. One of the things isn't is Ambien the one where when you go off it, you go completely apeshit. Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's not Ambien. What is no, actually... it's it's the one for social anxiety. That's the one that uh, you go completely <laughs> apeshit when you're trying to go off. More it. powerful than ever, though, right? Yeah. yeah, that would you should go on that one yeah. to fulfill your 
resolution and then the just year. drop it cold turkey and flip the fuck out yeah just just fucking wild out because wasn't it also more ape slash more powerful than ever yeah, yeah. go ape there's this there was this lady i don't know if i've ever talked about this lady on jordan jesse go but she's Your a wife. real she's a real <laughs> she's a real hey my secretary's not supposed to talk to me about my wife yeah. um there's this lady on uh there was this lady going to the waldorf after this <laughs> Sorry, I'm the secretary now. <laughs> That's okay. I don't mind, Mr. M. I'm an important... My cells divided and I reproduced like an amoeba. <laughs> um, uh, I... I uh... <laughs> When I uh, when I was in high school, I used to take the uh, 26 Valencia to uh, high school. And uh, the this bus uh, ran bus. from... It's a good bus. It's a great bus. A lot of San Franciscans right now are, are mentally high-fiving Huge me. Huge boners. They're the- really into that bus. Actually, I think... <laughs> they're, they're fucking a loaf of sourdough bread. <laughs> hollow it out to later spook, scoop in clam chowder. Um, so... Uh, That's what San Franciscans do when they get excited, there's right? There's no... Uh, clam chowder, not actual thing that San Franciscans eat. Sourdough bread, yes. Sourdough bread. Um, but uh, when, you, when you hollow out the bread bowl, what do you guys put in there if not clam chowder? Uh, maybe horchata. Okay, <laughs> put some horchata in there. Sure. Bread bowls are yeah, bread bowls oh. only exist on Fisherman's Wharf. Gay marriage, right? Which is, has actually been annexed out of San Francisco. It's just it's just it's, it's an its independent own nation. tourist island. Yeah, Fisherman's Wharf. Exactly, it has its own police force. <laughs> um, its own pickpockets. Homosexuality is actually illegal there. Uh, Fisherman's Wharf is a bummer. Yeah, it's no, it's a real, it's a real situation. But painting yourself silver as a human robot—that's well, that's required. That's mandatory. <laughs> yeah, that's re- mandatory in order to vote when yeah. citizens reach to be 18. a res- <laughs> to vote for the new mayor of TGI Fridays, <laughs> the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. The Rainforest, excuse me. Bubba Gumps is yeah. threatening a coup. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you're on the 26 Valencia. So on the 26 Valencia, it went down this street called Brotherhood Way. Um, that was in approximately the sort of neighborhood you would expect Brotherhood Way to be in, and uh, what you might call uh, an urban neighborhood. Oh, and, oh I might have guessed gay. Uh, yeah, oh. I was going to say Martin Luther King Drive is always okay. It was a Martin Luther King <laughs> yeah. Drive like neighborhood, although it was it was a. Um, uh, you know, it, it was a part of San Francisco that's a little bit more sparsely populated. So it's not like... Because uh, um... you don't see black people. <laughs> literally can't see them yeah. like the Indians couldn't see boats. <laughs> <laughs> They're there. It's not sparsely populated. It's actually very dense. Well, it's maybe more like a, like a, like a white people's vision is like a T-Rex. If, you, yeah, if, if, you, if they can't move, if they're standing still... And every time the bus would come by, everyone would it's freeze. Actually, it's actually more like I believe that all black people are actually Quetzalcoatl. Oh, wow. You went deep. What's that? Oh, that's what the, that's, uh, that's what the Aztecs... That's Mayan god. That's what, <laughs> wow. That was that's what the Aztecs yeah. thought Cortez was. <laughs> oh, my God. That was like straight up thick slice of Wikipedia okay, there. So, <laughs> okay, so when the 26 would go down Brotherhood Way, there was this lady who would walk down Brotherhood Way. And this was early in the morning. Um, and so it was very quiet. And like I said, like a little bit shady neighborhood, not a super shady neighborhood, but early in the morning, sort of sparsely populated. So you could see why she would do this. And she was like a middle-aged, slightly overweight black lady who would wear a full-on sweatsuit. 
like head to toe full on sweatsuit, different colors, but like purple would be a good example. <laughs> Not like a tracksuit, a sweatsuit. Okay. Uh, a classic sweatsuit. Would the top always match the pants? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, absolutely. So she she put the she appreciated the suit. Oh, undoubtedly. Okay. And I think the sneakers would match the whole outfit. Oh, the whole I love operation her now. would match and mm-hmm. like a headband would match. So she had not given up. She was Oh, no. She was this woman I'm telling you this woman's an American hero. Okay. Okay. So this woman would be power walking. Oh. This was not a runner. This no, no, woman no. Has not run in 20, 25 She's years. She's swinging those hips. Yeah, no. She doesn't have hand weights, and I'll tell you why. Her hands are otherwise occupied. Um, she's power walking down the street. She may have had ankle weights on, uh, but you know what? I probably not. It's not this lady's deal. Uh, in one of her hands, her left hand, empty. It's just clenched in a fist for power walking. Okay. In her other hand, a fucking collapsible baton. Just a fucking ass-kicking policeman's baton that she could not, like a parade-leading baton, like a kapow, take that, you long hair baton for kicking ass anytime shit went down. If she were threatened. If shit went down. If her gate was interrupted. Yeah. Just just if somebody got in her way, pow, bam, take that, motherfucker. Nice. Every day she's out there power walking. She's got a baton in her hand. And you know what? Like at first when I saw that, I thought that's horrifying. Why is this woman carrying a weapon? It's like, why would she be walking? It's like as though she was walking down the street with brass knuckles on or something like that. You know what I mean? But then I thought, you know what? Let's say I'm an early morning mugger or rapist. Who am I going to mug rape? Am I going to mug rape the lady with the baton? Technically, it's a mer-rape. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. I didn't realize you were an expert. Yeah, yeah but who are you going to mer-rape? The me. lady with the baton or... A different lady. Yeah, I think you go different lady. Door number two. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's why this lady is such a fucking kick Or maybe kick-ass. you just clean up your life. Yeah. And you stop being a mer-rapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, tur- you turn that train around, yeah. head over to the Salvation Army, get yourself some job training. Learn to be a bagpiper. A piper, <laughs> <laughs> to a piper, <laughs> the Jonathan Smith story. <laughs> I I love that lady too. I Isn't love that her. an awesome lady? I love her. She doesn't fuck around. She, I bet she doesn't fuck around with her grandbabies either. No, and do you know what? She They're said? on the straight and narrow. They're fucking A students. Wait, I thought she was just middle aged. She has grandbabies. This oh. lady's middle-aged lady with grandbabies. Oh. She's like 55. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I like that you say that's middle-aged. She's going to be 110. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> Easy. I mean, what with her, with her you know, daily uh, aerobic oh, exercise. You know what? Straight up. Yeah. And no one's going to murder her. No, they are not. Because with the baton. She eats a lot of she eats a lot of pancakes. Probably this lady, yeah. maybe waffles. Wait, are you? Did you tell the story? Are you suggesting that I should get a baton the next time I'm in a in a in a syrup driven fugue state? I mean, it it could potentially be. I mean, I'm just saying it could potentially be a good strategy for you in terms of building up a few regrets. Mm-hmm. I, I am loving the fugue state phrase, but it's also, yeah. what if you turn your life around and play a fugue on your bu pipes? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or even your drunken fugue state. I like sure. drunken fugue state. I like that. That's, you know what? She's like, I'm not going to carry mace. I'm not going to, because nope. I'm not going to carry brass knuckles because they might not see that from far away. Right. I don't want trouble. She wants something that reads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not that she wants it's to like protect It's like stage herself. makeup. Exactly. She wants to project. Yeah. 
It's not important what it looks like up close. Mm-mm. It's what it looks like from across the street, down mm-hmm. the block. It's she, like in high school, right? When a you know a fourteen year old girl had to play a sex pot, and she would uh, draw on cleavage, right? Up close, yeah. You know, I never had to do that. <laughs> I, I blossomed early. <laughs> we did. That's my twin. <laughs> Is it okay if she sits in the corner and watches me type, Mr. Thorne? I'm the evil one. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Tammy say you're feeling bad. No, <laughs> no. no just, feel good. I feel good, but you know, sometimes I feel like... Uh, my empathy muscle is too overworked, so if I see somebody a little bit down, I'm like, I know. Oh, come on, come on yeah. you guys. Tammy's, Tammy's upset because I'm tired because I, my baby was sick last night. He hasn't was, slept at all. He's, I, so my, this, this is what happens with a baby, Jordan, just mm-hmm. so, so you know. You probably got a couple of these, but you, don't, you haven't met any of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I find out that one's on the way, I... Uh, You've got a lot of batter babies. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of pancakes exactly. you've been fucking. I have fucked a lot of pancakes <laughs> and a lot of Denny's. Um, the baby... One of the things about babies is they don't know anything. <laughs> they really don't know anything. Like, they don't know the basicest stuff and i'm not even talking about <laughs> how to talk yeah they, like obviously they don't know how to talk they think basicest is a word <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but they don't like the, it's clear that they don't know how to talk or or play baseball or anything right i mean they don't know how to ride a bike we all know that i don't know how to ride a bike they don't know how to go to sleep ne- your childhood never no. never bike ride no huh I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take over with that, but I really don't know how to ride a bike. Oh, did you? Were you did they ever try and teach you? My, I don't think my parents did. My sister tried at one point, and uh, your parents just didn't try and teach you. Maybe they did. Do you know how to swim? I do know how to swim. I do know how to swim. That okay. was that was an effort, but uh, I think they maybe tried. I, I'm kind of a chicken, and then they're I'm the youngest, and they're like, yeah. ugh. They were just worn out. <laughs> they were just like, like, fuck it. Just do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> and in that time, I've tried to learn several times. And I, the last time was sort of the most successful. Like, I can go a little bit. But then I panic that I'm going to fall over, that I can't break. And then when you do that. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's it's a psychological hump you have to get over. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I the totally thing is, Here's the thing. Oh, wait, I'm going mm. to engage this just for a second. Okay, okay. Riding a bike is a little bit hard. It is. Because I learned when I learned to drive a car. I didn't learn to drive a car until I was 21 or something like that. I didn't learn until I was 27. Yeah. And I wouldn't have learned to drive a car had I... just going to keep topping. Had I stayed... (laughs) Boom. Gotcha. Had I stayed in San Francisco, I might not have learned to drive a car. Yeah. Um, And if if I lived in New York or something, I might not learn to drive a car. But when I did learn to drive a car... I, I still don't know how to drive a manual transmission, but learning to drive an automatic transmission car, I was like, oh, this is really easy. This is all there is. It's just, it's exactly what you think it would be. There's no <laughs> surprises here. Um, yeah. But basically, to, if you like, a, like the car based video games at arcades are pretty yeah, accurate. Yeah, exactly. Radmobile. However, it's pretty. Uh, however, learning to ride a bicycle is genuinely kind of scary, and you do fall over and hurt yourself if mm-hmm. you fuck up. But then once you get it, then you're done. 
then you're it's all settled. Then it's like riding a bicycle. You don't. I've heard it. Yes. I've heard yes. that it's a lot like riding a bicycle. Yeah. So I have heard. <laughs> now, for me, the issue of velocity uh-huh. as I was learning to drive a car was frightening because I don't know how to ride a bike. So the only pace I'm used to being in control of is walking or my very slow version of jogging. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so going on the we gas should explain was... you've created your own version of jogging. <laughs> called Tammy Sager's jogger size. (laughs) It's me and the baton lady protecting me. Anyway, so yes. So for me, I love that driving a car came so naturally to you. But for me, I was like, "Ah, I'm going really fast. What was the occasion of learning, of of getting your driver's license? I was moving to LA. Oh, well, there you go. So it was, I just, I had to learn in two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay, so your baby, your baby doesn't know anything. So So your baby's moving to L.A. (laughs) One thing that happens that, like, my baby is sick, and my baby is not sick in the sense that he has some life-threatening illness. Thank God. Um, He was, we we call the, you know, we have an HMO, and there's an advice nurse. We call the advice nurse, and they had us bring him into the doctor. And we brought him into the doctor the other day, and they said, yeah, he's just got a cold. Um, He'll never ride a bike again. <laughs> and so the, the baby's totally fine. He's just got a little bit of a cough and a little bit of a runny nose, which is inconvenient for a normal human being. For a human, a, an adult, that's an inconvenience. But a baby doesn't know how to go to sleep. And so what happens when a baby has a cold is he coughs, that wakes him up, and then he's like, holy shit. I'm awake. Am I going to die? Is something horrible happening? Oh, I'm awake now. Well, I better start crying. Yeah. Will I ever learn about object permanence? (laughs) And the big baby questions just start to come, you know? Well, I mean, if you think about it, he's just been used to breathing for five months now, right? Right. Like, the first nine months, he didn't even have to think about that. So... And now his form of breathing is totally different because the nose is completely cut off. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't know that that's not a permanent situation. He doesn't know fucking anything. This is his first cold. He doesn't know life is going to be full of colds and flus. And Yeah, if he's lucky. Ugh, if we're all lucky, right? Yeah. So, but what's hilarious, just the, I, I mean, it is, it is, it is um, amazing to me that this kid, he wakes himself up. And then he doesn't know what to do. Like you or I, we wake ourselves up and we're like, oh, well, I'm awake, but it's nighttime. So back to sleep. <laughs> In fairness, I will cry sometimes. Right. Yeah. Wake myself up. You'll cry a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. You should, you should teach your baby to put on a Simpsons DVD. <laughs> That's what I like to do teach when I can't sleep. Teach your baby to smoke a joint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do some ambient eating sometimes <laughs> when you wake up in the middle of the night. Exactly. Peanut butter and banana sandwich right. or something. <laughs> um, but I've, I've been having, I don't know, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm worn, sort of worn out from that, but I've been having these powerful, uh, I, I have these powerful dad feelings sometimes. I watched this movie called Undefeated the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a documentary about a, a high school football coach. Oh. Um, and the high school, the, it's an excellent film. Excellent documentary. It is basically exactly what you think it would be, uh, which is to say that it's about this white guy that's uh, volunteering in this inner city uh, public school football team, and he teaches them all is this the value of high? team work. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, teaches, he teaches them to carry batons <laughs> onto the football field. You know, he, he used to be a car salesman. Now he runs a lumber yard and, uh, and all the... 
all the kids on his team uh, speak with such heavy Memphis accents that they literally have to put subtitles on the screen. <laughs> because like, that's, like it's as though they're not saying words. <laughs> it is amazing. These are like 17-year-olds, and it is seriously as though they are not saying words. Do you think in Memphis they put subtitles on regular shows? Do you think that they have... I think they may have subtitles in real life. Yeah. Like when kids in Memphis watch Frasier. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that just down at the liquor store, like if you just say like, can I get a six pack of Marlboro Reds or whatever, can I get a hard pack of Marlboro Reds, there's subtitles. Yeah. Subtitles just pop up just so the guy at the liquor store knows what what the the fuck you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's basically the story of this movie is that this guy, um, didn't have a father growing up and he is essentially, um, you know, he's a volunteer coach of this team and he is essentially acting them. None of these kids have fathers. (laughs) So Um, how, so this is a prequel to Unstoppable, (laughs) the Denzel Washington runaway train movie. It's... It's it happens a, in the same universe, it's right? It's a prequel to Unstoppable and a sequel to Unfathered. Right? Oh, okay, yes. It's part of the universe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and uh, so funiverse. <laughs> these kids, like they, sh- I, th- there was something that that really. Would you say undefeated is fun defeated. <laughs> Would that be your blurb? So the there's team goes five and five. Mm-hmm. There's something crazy. This uh, the, one of the crazy things about this uh, movie is it has this kind of it shows this kind of poverty that um, uh, I'm really not used to uh, as someone who I mean like I grew up in an inner city neighborhood, but um, it was and so when I see that kind of um, uh, when I see that kind of housing projects type poverty. Uh, like I recognize that reasonably, like not that I grew up in that. I grew up in a, a... mansion <laughs> <laughs> on no. a runaway train. <laughs> like I, 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 there was always food on my table. I, I would never lived in housing projects, but I did live. I, I did live on the next block over from the housing project. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, but but that, that kind of like urban, you know, inner city type thing, I understand reasonably well. But this is like uh, uh, what I recognized one time from uh, being in Richmond, California, uh, which is to say it's a sort of uh, suburban, exurban poverty, uh, which is just like uh, abandoned houses, like houses with uh, prices spray painted on the front of them. Let's say like $20,000, call this number. Yeah. <laughs> like you just buy this house for $20,000. and um, Have you ever been to Detroit? Like Detroit. Yeah. I have not been to Detroit, but I've seen... I spent a few days in Detroit for uh, when I was working at Second City, because they have a Second City there, and walking around that city, it just... It, the the city feels abandoned. Right. It's like a, it's a ghost town. And that is going on in this particular part of Memphis. I mean, that's not certainly not all of Memphis. But in Detroit, at least, like, Jack White's trying to clean it up, right? He has a <laughs> little... He has a little shop that sells vintage corncob pipes. <laughs> And where he can, he's a haberdashery where he's teaching the kids how to block hats. Yeah, and pictures of him shaking hands with Conan O'Brien. Sure, yeah. Um, he and like it's just shots of these people who live in these kids live in houses, like they live in houses. Um, but the houses also have mattresses without sheets. 
Yeah. And also holes in the walls. It's like in Breaking Bad when he goes to that Chris. Did have you? Guys I haven't heard? seen Breaking I, I've Bad. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, there's just there's a lot of crystal meth, and some of that right. crystal meth living is pretty grim. Yeah. And so anyway, this <laughs> guy a summary of Breaking yeah. Bad. P.S. It's some of the finest television. In. It's great. And right. sometimes a fridge falls on your head <laughs> and you die. Um. And so the. Uh, <laughs> And so it, the the sort of spoiler? part of the part of the big conflict of this um, part of the big conflict of this film is essentially him being a father to these kids on his football team, right? And he has a family of his own, and he is an obsessive football coach, and him struggling with trying to deal with the fact that him being the coach of this football team is making him not be a dad, not to, be his a dad to his own kids. Why don't his kids get better at football? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a pretty simple solution. Yeah. Get out there and throw how the ball are, through the tire. How old are his kids? His kids are like are not high school age. Okay. Um but uh anyway Are you just there's a lot weeping? of sports movie shit that happens in this movie. Yeah. Well I fucking cried like I'm not going to tell you what the big reveals are, and I don't think I think people should go see this movie. I think it's a, one of the best uh, sports documentaries I've ever seen. Wow. Frankly, is it out in the theaters? Um, I believe it is in select theaters now. Um, it's in a staged release, I think, um, but uh, it's really excellent. I mean, it's it's like I said, there are there it, it is. Um, you know, I mean, there there are sports movie cliches. There are non sports movie cliches. Both. But um, it's just really excellently made. And I'm very sensitive to movies about white people saving black people. Um, because you have a number that you've saved. I mean, I'm, that's sort of because what I'm into. Because you wrote The Help. <laughs> right. I wrote the movie The Help. I think I've sort of, and sort you of feel put the cherry on the, the top bar, of that yeah. Sunday. You go, to, you go as Bagger Vance for <laughs> every Halloween. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the fact that it's a documentary, but I fucking makes a difference cried too. like a bitch. What's your like four times? Well, undefeated, like already yeah. metaphorically, you're in the tear yeah. duct is welling position. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I have a feeling that that might be talking about their spirits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny, funny. Hey hunch. guys, you know football? It's more than just a game. It has some meaning apart uh, from that. Radio, we thought we were teaching radio. Yeah. Radio was teaching us. Exactly. Wasn't that a football movie? It was. was. a combination of football. It was a combination of football Football. and retard. (laughs) Sorry. Developmental disability. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Cuba Gooding Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Can Cuba Gooding Jr. please become now the word? (laughs) And I would like it for, yeah, for it to be sensitive. Yeah. Um, so, so Jesse, tell me about this. Tell me what's your, I guess I don't know, what's your propensity to cry in a movie? What, how many, can, can you, can you count the movies that you've cried in? Do you know them all by title? I, I don't remember really crying in any other movies, I, but I know I have. Mm-hmm. I know Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> um. <laughs> Wait, not even Babe, Babe Pig in the City? Yeah, Babe Pig Jesse in the City. only cries in sequels. Because <laughs> Babe Pig in the City was kind of like the one that was like a little more magical, a little A little weirder. darker. Yeah. I really, I'm really into the power of friendship. Aww. And that's sort of what Babe Pig in the City is about. Aww. Babe Pig in the City is also a little bit more intense and a little bit darker. Yeah. Um, and that made it a little more vivid for me, I think. 
um, whereas Babe is a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also love Babe. Don't get me wrong yeah. here. Um, I may have cried in a couple of Pixar movies. Sure. Yeah, I'm trying to that. think. I think Up I probably cried in and I, Toy Story 3 maybe. I, I mean... They're just going for it in Pixar right. movies. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a big crier in movies. Uh, most movies that you would cry in uh, just pissed me off. Because you feel the obvious manipulation. Because I'm just like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And I just don't enjoy that kind of movie generally. You know what I mean? Like a, like a notebook. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, bow. I enjoy yeah. that. I mean, that has its place. I mean, I'll jack off to that. <laughs> sure. You know, once oh. you put the you put the gauze up there and I'll get <laughs> my jerk dick it. out yeah. there. Yeah, but <laughs> start jerking it. Yeah. Um I actually this weekend uh cried in my third movie of all time. I like that you guys say you cried in the movie and not at the movie. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, and I, and this wasn't even in a theater. This was in my home. Well, too. It's not an act of aggression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You cried with the movie. Ah, <laughs> um, and I and I t- You're crying and shaking your <laughs> And I guess Jesse, I mean, it sounds like you can kind of like pinpoint why you cried in this movie. Like you kind of yeah. know what it was yeah. that you know that flicked your bean. Yeah. That flicked your tear bean. <laughs> is is this is a tear bean, is that like an emotional prostate? Yeah. Or an emotional <laughs> clitoris, but yeah. Sure. Um, so I, uh, I watched the movie The Future. Uh huh. Have you guys seen this? I don't know I what don't this is. Know what is. This is a Miranda July movie. Oh yeah, I did see. I saw. I saw this movie. Is this the one with the cat? <laughs> this is the one with the cat. And and the I, cat's you, not a huge part of the movie. Okay. So uh, so this is and I this is you know maybe what you would call a cutesy pie indie movie, um, which I uh, had kind of sworn off, but then I had a really good. Uh, I had a really good experience with both uh, Beginners and uh, Summerine. Beginners is fantastic, isn't it? Great, it's, it's fantastic. really, really great. I should say, I, I should say, I, I, after I said that I didn't know what this movie is, I remembered that I actually saw this movie and know <laughs> yes. exactly what it is. And um, I think that the 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 previews of this movie made it look like it was a talking cat movie. Right. Uh, the cat does talk in a few sequences. Uh, but it's the furthest thing from a talking cat movie, right? And the ca- and I just and then also I just said that the that the cat is in the cat is the sort of whole driving force of the movie, but yeah. it's a largely off screen presence. Sure. Um, so kind of what this is about is it's about this it's about this um, very cute indie couple with an adorable vintage only house. Okay. And they're kind of like, they're in their mid-30s and they're kind of just like schlubbing around. They're like, on, they, you know, they're on their computer all the time and they have all these like weird projects they want to do, but they just don't end up doing them. They, you know, talk about stuff more than they actually do it. And, um, and then they decide to adopt this cat. And so the vet tells them that they can come back in a month for the cat after it's had all its shots. And then so periodically you, so it's them living their lives and trying to like, you know, achieve their dreams, and then occasionally you go back to this cat who is, and you can hear it, and you don't even really see it, it's kind of from the cat's point of view, and you can hear it talking, and it's just talking about, like, how how excited it is for them to come get it, and also, like, the cat wondering what time is, like, the cat knows it's going to be a month, but it is talking about how it doesn't understand that it's going to take a month for them to come, and, uh... For whatever reason, I, 30 minutes into this, we're talking like second cat talk appearance, I just start 
bawling, uncontrolled, like like to the point where I maybe think my like my neighbors might be afraid. <laughs> and it's weird. So this is like the third movie I've cried in. The first one was My Girl. <laughs> Which is this movie, uh, this like Does period. Does really star Macaulay Culkin? It totally yes. stars Macaulay Culkin and, and Dan Aykroyd. And that cute girl who's uh, making a resurgence now. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I know who you mean. But yeah. And the other one was Braveheart. And I never saw it. It's, uh, you know. Yeah. It's, it's one of those. So yeah. And I don't really know what this is. And I hate to think it's just because I'm a cat owner and now cat shit. Flicks my tear bean. That, um, that, I have to say that, um, the reason we were thinking about booking Miranda July on The Sound of Mm -hmm. Young America when that movie came out, and she had been on The Sound of Young America when Me, You, and Everyone We Know came out. Mm -hmm. And Me, You, and Everyone We Know, which I also really liked, um, was a pretty intense movie. Uh, it also had, and I won't spoil it here for people who have not yet seen the movie because they ought to watch it. Uh, maybe the funniest scene I've ever seen in an entire in a movie in my entire life. Um, yeah, d- yes. I just that did a scene. hand motion. Yeah, <laughs> she did a hand that's, motion. That's the one. And John Hawks is in it, and he's fantastic. It, it was one of the it, and it, it was in and so it was appropriate for the sound of Young America. And I was expecting something like that from this movie, based especially on the fact that there was a talking cat in the trailers. Mm-hmm. I thought there will be some emotional, in, there will be some emotional real, realism, and there will also be some funny parts. Uh, actually, I found the movie just emotionally brutal. Wow. It's um, totally, yeah, it is. And I cat think, aside, it is like... Because essentially, it is the story of them, and I'm working from a year-old memory of mm-hmm. having watched this movie, but it is the story of them not getting... They're not. It is the story of them not becoming grownups. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's them kind of, kind of, sort of realizing that you know they're just these adult children, and then just not being able to get their shit together Oof. to grow up. Yeah, and that is usually and you realize very quickly like this is all this is always presented as a joke, and holy shit. Miranda July is actually just going to show it to you. Wow. And you keep thinking, like, this is a joke, and then you realize, oh, no, actually, this isn't a joke. That's genuinely This is something that she is actually scared of in her real life, and she is just showing it to you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so funny because, yeah, you have that, you know, you have the idea of Arrested Development, which seems to be, like, super popular, you know, like, the super bads and the knocked ups of the world are, like, the most popular comedies. Or that... No, maybe not super bad. That's, those are actual children. Right, but there's that movie was, uh, was it, with, like, Matthew McConaughey living at home? Oh, and... sure, Failure to Launch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. The whole idea of, yeah, failing And, to yeah, launch. they are these, like, and, yeah, it is this, it or is funny. old school. This was kind of the dark side of that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was the realer side. What's ironic is that her, I don't know if it's her husband or just her partner, is the one who made Beginners. And then she's made these amazing movies and also written these books and does these amazing art projects. So she talks about, you know, the fear of, I guess, procrastinating at life. And and actually, she's way more productive than I, me and everyone I know. I know, yeah. It is, everyone it is, know. Yeah, it is, like, tough to, like, <laughs> to look at that message from someone who is super-duper accomplished. <laughs> Yeah. One time I ran into her at a coffee shop in Silver Lake. She was having uh, coffee with uh, Starly Kine. Oh. Uh, sometime this American Life producer, Starly Kine. Starly Kine. I saw Starly Kine first. I was like, 
And she they were like, both knitting, right? Yeah. <laughs> or making origami. They were, they were both just saying, uh, saying angry things under their breath. <laughs> um, and uh, Starly Kind saw me and was like, oh, hey, Jesse. And I was like, oh, that's a, not a good impression of Starly Kind, by the way. She's yeah. incapable of mustering that level of enthusiasm for anything it's, in her voice. It's more like, hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Um, and so Starly said hi. And I was like, oh, hi, Miranda. And just the coolest reception you could receive from another like, human being like ice cold just ice cold but that woman must have the most demands on put upon her by people that walk up to her at coffee coffee shops I would and bet, so for like I would bet any if, person yes she she if you see miranda july and you're a miranda july fan there's oh geez yeah that's gotta be a lot you've got a scrapbook you'd like to show her <laughs> that you carry with you <laughs> i uh i once did a a show with starly mm-hmm. at, at bumper shoot in seattle which would be another place where miranda july would be right. swallowed up whole yeah. <laughs> by fans and it was Just a, by a, a cloud like of a fucking patchouli. advil liquid gel yeah. <laughs> well she also like one of her art projects is like make your own art and like sure. soliciting art from people so i'm sure there's just a lot of outside adoration stimulation input yeah Anyway, Starly, speaking of outside adulation, there was this group, uh, it was a storytelling show, and performing in front of an audience that almost exclusively was there because of Starly, like, just, I was like, yeah, the little piece of cat shit that was on before (laughs) Starly, (laughs) just like... Did you just want to yell at them, I invented werewolf bar mitzvah! (laughs) I'm a had person. You in, had you invented it at that I point? Had not, no. I had not gone into my lab and oh, mixed right. up things with speakers. <laughs> what, are, you, are you the average if audience I were you, If I were you, Tammy, just in future, just if, if a situation like this ever comes up, I would get some business cards printed up <laughs> that say, Tammy Sager, I thought of Boys Becoming Men. Men Becoming Wolves. <laughs> Just in case shit goes down, if you ever get in a hostile reaction from a crowd, if you ever run into Miranda July at a coffee shop and she's being kind of distant, <laughs> you can just hand that card to someone. They'll look at it and they'll be like, oh, wait, you invented wait, Boys what? Becoming Men, Men Becoming Wolves? Mm-hmm. That's like the best thing that's ever been on television. <laughs> So one thing that happened was before... They'll probably just give you $20. <laughs> that would be kind of awesome. Um, w- one thing that happened at that show is uh, beforehand, you know, they're showing us like, okay, where do we stand? And, you know, it was like in the big stage and there's microphones and... Yeah, I, look, I performed that <laughs> Tammy, you don't need to explain to me I, what you it's know like what to perform at Bumbershoot. I'm the voice of the theater at Bumbershoot, Tammy. I, I guess I'm telling I tell people, people how to turn off their cell Tammy, phones Tammy, I did shrooms and watched Cold War Kids at Bumbershoot, so... Well, I was there once. I fucked Band of Horses in the ass at Bumbershoot. Well, I was there for 36 hours. So. <laughs> While Beck watched. <laughs> So, um, and start. I told you how wrong it was to do gay stuff because he's a Scientologist, right? Yep, exactly. Berated you. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so anyway, so while they're leading us through this and there's all these, like, uh, union guys, we can't handle anything. Um, Star Lee puts her water down on, like, the grand piano, which, I mean, makes my heart stop because you don't, <laughs> you don't disrespect the fucking piano with that. Sure. Even if you're friends with Phil Collins. Exactly. That is another deep cut for a one Starly kind story. <laughs> I like that you go for the deep cut. Yeah. Um, so she does it, and it's all. I, my motto is the first cut should be the deep. 
<laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So, so she puts it down, and it's all I can do to not be like, you shouldn't do that to the... It's going to leave the ring. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, sure. it's not a good thing totally. to do. And uh, and sure enough, then this huge burly like union guy like comes and yells at her, and he comes so strong, and she just... I don't know how she did this, but somehow she did something where all of a sudden I'm getting in the fight with the union guy sticking up for her for a side that I don't even believe in. <laughs> and, uh, so you're coming out as pro-water on the I, piano. I'm, yeah. You yeah. believe that it's a woman's right to put a water on a piano. I, I don't know how it happened, but all of a sudden I'm like, you're being really rude. You know, even though I totally agree with him. Uh, and then a friend of mine who knows her was like, that happens all the time. Like, where people are always, like, in fights over her and protecting her. Right. That, like, somehow that, you know, she is never in that argument. She is always somehow. Like, so you were kind rap. of like her familiar. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, you know, it's like, like a, a wizard has Yeah, that. like a wizard will have, like a, like, a, like, a friend that he summons. Yeah, like a monkey that <laughs> fights on a his monster. <laughs> I was her familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I felt vampires like have a monkey. them. What 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 what, are th- what happens with the vampire? Look, vampires have like a human that they hypnotize. Uh, hypnotize. She hypnotize? It- hypnotize. Hypnotized. In 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 uh, True Blood, they call it glamoring someone. Oh, really? She glamored me. Interesting. That's just when they give them a makeover. <laughs> we should explain. True Blood is a show where vampires give women makeovers <laughs> oh God, and then would, have sex with them. That would be kind of awesome. That uh, is a, that is one of the sub stories on True on True Blood. Correct? I, I don't. Is know. that correct? That's the lies <laughs> of. Nelly subplot is. on True Blood, right? Uh, I don't have a sophisticated <laughs> understanding. All I know is that it's a gay vampire show. I like a vampire makeover show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did. It- I want to do your colors. <laughs> <laughs> you look like an autumn to me. Let's <laughs> ah, ah, ah. blouse blood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who are you, Tammy Faye? <laughs> 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 Have you guys ever sleepwalked, sleptwalked? Uh, yeah, I mean, once as a kid, I went outside, and uh, yeah, I know there's nothing interesting happened. Just, I'm you're... laughing about vampires right now. I'm busy. <laughs> you're in a fugue state yeah. of giggles. I love vamps. Um. Well, no, I've no, I, I sleptwalk once and went outside, and my mom loves to tell that story, but it doesn't have a punchline. Then I get kind of mad at her. I'm like, Mom, <laughs> yeah, I sleptwalk outside. Get once. a fucking punchline. Telling everyone. Anyway, uh, have you ever sleptwalked? No. Slept, did you say sleptwalked? Sleptwalked. Sounds like a lot of past tense. Like- Slipworked. Slipworked. <laughs> yeah. Slipknot. Warhard. Just say Yeah. Um, anyway, the point of it is, is the one time I did it, also mm-hmm. as a child, I had that same sensation of I. I knew I was going to trip over my dog as I was walking. Like, I knew uh-huh. that was going to happen, but my dog wasn't in my dream. Uh-huh. And so, and that eventually ended up being what woke me up is tripping over my dog. <laughs> and it was a little bit like that of like, I knew I disagreed with her position, even as I'm arguing yeah. for her position. So it did kind of feel like I was Here being comes the dog. Yeah. I was her familiar. Yeah, I was, yeah. I like that. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Love 
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Patches, <laughs> secretary. Patches, uh, <laughs> Patches, that doesn't look like shorthand to me. That actually just looks like little drawings of barnyard creatures. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking about the old farm where I grew up. Well, fair enough. I didn't hey, guys, for- it's me, Patches is... Genetic twin. <laughs> I sometimes I cut myself just to feel something. <laughs> oh, snatches. <laughs> snatches. Uh, <laughs> we was brought up in the backyard with the thirty cats. <laughs> we had to fight them for food. Well, should we do our commercial announcements? <laughs> yes. Patches and Snatches, coming this fall to CBS. Should I press record for this commercial, Mr. Thorne? Um, first of all, uh, thank you to our sponsor on this week's program, Stack Soap. Uh, coming to you from StackSoap.com. Uh, I think we explained really well what Stack Soap was on the last mm-hmm. show. It is a finally, finally, a concave soap. So that when your soap gets down to a sliver, it has a nice soap hole for your soap sliver to go into the next soap. It's just like it's for soap fucking. Yeah. When it, when you hired me, you said I was stacked and then I had a nice <laughs> hole. <laughs> just like stacked soap. <laughs> um this, <laughs> There's still some soap left in this special pay-what-you-want uh, offer, um, pay-what-it's-worth offer. If you go to StackSoap.com and you back the Stack Soap Kickstarter, which, by the way, uh, has now, as of this recording, 694 backers and has met its goal. So um, if you fund this thing, uh, you can get the uh, pay-what-you-wish bars of Stack Soap, six bars of Stack Soap, mm-hmm. and then you just mm. pay them what you think they're worth. It's like the Coldplay model. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've based this whole thing on Coldplay. Of this is course, the Milo Zydeco of soap, right? <laughs> the name of that Coldplay album? Make, uh, I, I don't, don't know. I don't it's know got what some silly name. Uh, makes, uh, go to stacksoap.com. Of course, our friends at makepixelart.com. Uh, you can go there for all your pixel art making needs. Uh, it's uh, really good for uh, drawing pictures of uh, Super Mario Brothers, uh, Daffy Dills. My genitalia are pixelated. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. This is an R-rated program, um, so we have had to we have had to pixelate my secretary's genitalia. Um, all of that online at makepixelart.com. and we uh, we've got some up on the jumbotron this week. Um, jumbotron, just like the jumbotron at the ballpark, you give us a couple hundred bucks, we throw your name up there for your birthday. You got a business visiting the ballpark this week. Um, this week, uh, typodermic fonts, like mm. hypodermic. Uh, it's for font junkies, I presume. <laughs> yeah. I presume that it's for font junkies. Um, when you want to get your fonts intravenously. <laughs> yeah. Ray, uh, Ray, who I thought it was interesting that Ray is a Canadian living in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think we have a lot of followers who are uh, from English speaking countries uh, live in non-English speaking countries and uh, they just need to hear something in English and we're good enough. <laughs> That's their motto. Now, Ray, if he were American, his name would just be R. Yeah. But since he's Canadian, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's 
R, comma, E, H, yeah. Ray. Come on. <laughs> um, I'm a funk junkie. <laughs> Wait, I, I totally passed that. I'm sorry. I second-guessed that as I was doing it. Okay, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Um, he, he, Ray <laughs> makes fonts. A lot of the fonts are free fonts. Uh, some of the fonts are not free fonts uh, that you can buy for your projects or what have you. Um, you can embed the fonts in web pages. You can use them in apps. You can use them in commercial applications. You can modify them pretty much anything you want. Um, you can go to typodermicfonts.com or just uh, look up typodermic. Uh, you can look it up in all your various places you get fonts to. Uh, you know, I don't know, fonts.com, fontstore.com. Should I bing it? <laughs> just go ahead and bing that. <laughs> You want us to bing that for you, Mr. T? (laughs) Snatches, you don't know how to use a computer. Go ahead and bing typodermic. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. If you want to sponsor an episode of the show, email Teresa at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second. I'm going to It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Wow. Um, Patches, surrogate mom. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're How I Met Your Mother writer-producer Tammy Sager. Ah, uh, busted. Uh, I just busted you big time. <laughs> it's Let's... true. She told me how to catch a bird and kill it with my jaws. <laughs> you guys, you guys are having too much fun. Let's go to the telephone yeah. calls. <laughs> Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Bart from Dallas calling with a momentous occasion. Uh, my 80-year-old grandmother is in a chorus, and it's like 70% gays and lesbians. But she wanted an activity we could do together, so she invited me, her straight grandson, to audition for the chorus, and I did that tonight. Based on Jesse's recommendation, my audition piece was Sail Away by Randy Newman, and guys, I crushed that shit. <laughs> That's right. Everyone was like, you are in. I said, 2012, more powerful than ever. Thanks a lot, Jesse. I didn't. I recommended. Now, I should say that on the on Bullseye, on a recent episode of Bullseye, I recommended the Randy Newman album, Sail Away. It's one of my favorite albums. I think a very brilliant album. And the title song of that album, Sail Away, is a very brilliant song. So I would say that I recommend that song. Mm-hmm. I recommend listening to that song. You don't recommend auditioning for an elderly, predominantly gay chorus with that I'll song. I'll tell you what that song is. Crushing it. <laughs> fucking crushed it. I fucking That's... crushed that elderly chorus. Yeah. That song... Then we're going to pound some bruise. <laughs> that song is... Well, you know the song Amazing Grace? Yes. Uh, so, I fucking crushed that song in fourth grade <laughs> oh. so hard. <laughs> so Amazing Grace is, was then written by... I pounded by, a Capri Sun. <laughs> Amazing Grace was written by a slave owner turned abolitionist oh. about, the, about becoming an abolitionist uh, and about turning to God and becoming an abolitionist. And, and the, just and aborting the grace, babies. And the mm. grace <laughs> is... <laughs> no, not an abortionist. What? No, Nobody's ava- ever an made anti- that joke. No. Um, okay, and so that, that's what Amazing Grace is about. It's about the, uh, it's about the saved a wretch like me is saved a slaver and turned him into someone who understood that that was wrong. So Sail Away, the Randy Newman song, is a song that he wrote from the perspective of that guy had he not had a change of heart. <laughs> <laughs> so it's essentially a... 
a song pitch <laughs> for slavery. You're kidding. Yeah, he goes, sail away, we will cross the mighty ocean and the Charleston Bay. He's talking about, we'll bring you from Africa to the United no. States. Yeah. It, you'll be I as happy as a monkey oh, in yeah, a monkey sure. tree. It's great to be an American. That's Randy Newman's oh, thing. Okay. That's, that's what Randy <laughs> Newman's all about. He's about acerbic irony. So what I'm saying is... And beautiful is, melodies. And beautiful Wait, melodies. Fucking, I can't tell if you're serious or not. Oh, yeah. I'm deadly serious. That's exactly what the song is about. It's a beautiful song, but it is a, it is a bitterly ironic song. It's a song... I mean, the, the idea of the song is to say, when we, when we sing Amazing Grace, we sort of allow ourselves to believe that, uh, that redemption is the storyline of America... When, in fact, the reality is that as this guy who was writing Amazing Grace had redeemed himself, there was still slavery in America. And the vast majority of slavers at the time were still enslaving people. You guys, I just read Gone with the Wind like two weeks ago. Have uh-huh. you guys ever read that? I have no, not, uh, no. The, I, I've been told it's a great book. I mostly just listen to Randy Newman albums. <laughs> <laughs> um. The racism at certain, at like, right, it is astounding, right? It's astounding because it's also like some of it is filtered through the characters, but I've heard like it's an anti war book and blah blah blah. But there's just certain points of the book where it's like, you're just like, whoa, that's that schism. I, it is, I mean, there is a genuine feeling like that the southern, the good plantation owners t- t- knew how to take care of. Oh boy! Black people better than they knew that how to take the care worst. of themselves. It is so shocking, and I'm plowing through over a thousand pages of like, okay, I'm liking the romance part and from time to time. <laughs> from oh time to God. time, you're describing how I feel when I watch an episode of The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> By I'm the way, the math, the best then, thing, yeah, the but jokes. The... A special gift that I would like that is was given I love to that me. David and Darlene are back together. That was given to me by the Reverse internet that I would like to uh, offer to maximum the Maximum Fun Forum mm-hmm. uh, is you know for many years I was a member and still am a, occasionally will post on the uh, message boards at okplayer.com. which is a pro uh, slavery, which is group. a pro <laughs> slavery it is a uh, rap music message board and uh at some point along the lines i mean this is a this is a group that's very careful about racism and uh when someone would detect uh would detect racism either in something that was going on outside or in someone's post or something like that they would be quick to be called on it and that eventually just became came down to uh schism or that schism. Uh-huh. That's that schism. Uh-huh. Uh, and I would just like to share that with everyone. If any, any, anytime some racist shit is going on, you can just be like, that's that schism again. That's that schism. That's that schism. Wait, are you guys saying that the octogenarian gay chorus is racist? No, I'm just saying that it's not an appropriate song to sing to them because they got caught up in it and they, they, they were like Tammy Sager weren't paying close enough attention to the song. <laughs> and so it, it actually, you accidentally trick them into becoming racist. Yeah, they're mm. like that Tammy Sager, accidentally sisming it up. Oh, yep. Okay, let's go to the next call, huh? Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. I have a momentous occasion for you guys. Uh, not going to give my name, but I'm a trans woman that both of you have met at Max FunCon. I just had a lesbian foursome. Thanks. Aww. That sounds fun. Oh, I know who this is. 
Awesome. Great. Congratulations. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. That is like the most genteel. Like Very classy, <laughs> right? Yeah, just, just so you know, momentous occasion. <laughs> She's like, the last FYI. Call, the last call was about schism. This call is about scissoring. <laughs> Sizrin. 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 That's that. Happy Sizrin, ladies. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Congratulations. Yeah, really mazels have. Um it but- seems like like a lesbian foursome would be a hard thing to wrangle. Uh-huh. Does that I don't know. I I don't know. I think uh, I think by the time by the time you're a trans woman uh, if you're by the time you're a trans woman lesbian and you're rolling in that community, probably it's relatively easy to wrangle if that's what you're interested in because everybody's probably everybody probably comes with an info card that says what they're down for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of like being in an RA training at UC Santa Cruz. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just like just so everyone knows I want this this and this and I don't want this this and this. So you just have 25 friends and six of them want to have a lesbian foursome in which some of the people are trans women. Or some other form of gender queer. So then two of them are left out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, they're they're just they don't have the looks, uh, frankly. I didn't say it's for open to everyone. No, no fatties. <laughs> <laughs> I like picturing your RA training just being a big orgy fuck fest. It's like RA training at Santa Cruz. Lots of foursomes. Well, yeah, I mean, well, you, you know. gotta leave some time for uh, eating the mushrooms, but besides <laughs> that, we have a moment you of... You can combine the two, though, yeah. if you're busy. We have a moment of shame here, too. Okay. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, girl. Um, this is Brady in Georgia, and um, so I have a moment of shame. I was at a um, formal that was specifically for the architecture major, um, and there was an open bar. I had about <laughs> nine rum and coke. That's always a bad idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> cannot give the architecture majors an open bar at their forum. Well, then, you know, I mean, they're drunk, they bring out the T-squares, <laughs> and then shit gets crazy. All of a sudden, there's two guys with protractors squaring off. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, it was a, oh, sorry. Yeah. It was a plot point, uh, How I Met Your Mother last year, that there was a, or actually this year, uh, that there was an architect's ball because oh, an architect. Sure. And as we were doing it, we're like, "There's not a fucking architect's ball." It turns <laughs> this out, is, not yeah, a, there's an architect's major's mm-hmm. ball. Wow, yeah. where they drink nine rum and cokes. There is definitely an architect's ball. Okay, yeah. rum and cokes. And um, at the end of the night, everybody was leaving. They turned on the lights and saw a cake sitting on like the refreshment table, and nobody had eaten any. So I went over to go get some, took about four steps and fell on my ass. And apparently I hit the table that the, the cake was on and there were about six open bottles of soda on the table and all of them spilled onto the floor. So I stood up, kind of brushed myself off, went over, grabbed some cake with my bare hand and ate it as I walked to another bar. So... <laughs> Yeah, um, love the show. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Uh, and that's how the Guggenheim Bilbao was designed. <laughs> oh, I love a big, a big handful of cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. La, 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 la. 
Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. <clears throat> Jordan Morris, boy detective. Tammy Sager, complete human being. What? Really? <laughs> I just spoke about would being broken say... down, and I thought I'd go the opposite. Would yeah. you say that we have completed you? <laughs> You're not self-actualized. Me. No, I think you guys complete no, me. I think come on. when oh, this ends, wow. I'm going to be back to being <laughs> missing so a piece. Fragmented. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe no. you'll enter a fugue state. <laughs> we we give and we take away, yeah. Tammy. Yeah. No doubt about that. We're well, fickle. Tammy, it has been an absolute joy to have you on the program. It's been a pleasure for yeah. me. Thanks for doing it. You know, I have been, for years, I've been wondering what it would be like if we got the lady who invented Boys Becoming Men, <laughs> Men Becoming Wolves on our show. I like that you keep saying invented. Ah, oh, because it's, it's like, I mean, you are <laughs> like the like Jonas me. Salk of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> you cured millions of people of not having heard that. <laughs> I, I, I want to say when I pitched it, the uh, my boss was like, um... <laughs> and then it was other people's laughter in the room that was like, okay, I guess we'll try it. <laughs> that is it's the best thing ever. Ah, oh, thank you. Look, How I Met Your Mother is a very funny show also. You've done a lot of great things in your, in your career. But boys, You're be, never, those it's, six it's, words. It's, and once you thought of that, it was all downhill from there. I, I, I appreciate that very much. That's just the reality of Tammy, the situation. Tammy, I know how you feel. I peaked with that Arliss joke. <laughs> it was actually the snake's joke. Oh, he's doing, he's yeah. going forget. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to appear at conventions. Snake's thing. I'm going to say that line. Um, Mask my former glory. Mark Hamill. 206-984-4FUN is our telephone number. Oh, man, we are still getting lots of uh, awesome uh, submissions in our More Powerful Than Ever contest. Yeah, the art has been really, really great. Thank you, everybody. Someone, I, I liked this. My favorite thing this week was just someone who just took a picture that our friend Noe Montez took of me uh, looking really dignified in a suit in my office and then just transpose the text over it. I will, I will crush my enemies like so many paper cups in my hand. <laughs> um, so that person, the person who made that, I don't have their name handy here. Email our intern with your T-shirt size and uh, uh, your address, and we will send you a T-shirt. Uh, we still haven't given away that Xbox, though. We got two more weeks in this Xbox contest, yeah. um, and we will decide who will get that Xbox um, I, I'm going to take a look and see here. Who are we going to give this tweet of the week to? Um, I mean, a lot of people, uh, Cameron Esposito, next week's guest, she tweeted about coming in here. Um, oh, look, here's Patrick Roddy. He says, for the record, I drove a, a Chevy that just happened to look like a Pontiac. That is until it recently died. Well, that's sad enough so that I think that he's gonna I think that he wins the uh I think that he wins that uh yeah, tweet yeah. of the week. I don't understand what that's a reference to. Uh, last week I accused him of driving a Pontiac Sunfire, I think. Oh, okay. Um because uh, he made the light box. He made the more powerful than gotcha. ever light box. Gotcha. Uh it is a light box with a sweet ape going ape on it and it says more powerful than ever that he made. Hmm. Uh, for our more powerful than ever theme for 2012. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, uh, except that we already gave him a t-shirt, so he can't do that one. God hmm. damn it. Fucking idiot. Fucking ape. <laughs> oh, I got to pick somebody else now. Oh, man. This person's wondering if he should watch West Wing or listen to Jordan Jesse go on the bus. He's not going to win a prize. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I remember reading that one. I like it because there's no punctuation. Give it to that guy. It does have punctuation. Oh, does it? Yeah. Well, read. Okay. Okay, we'll give it to that guy. Give it to this guy. I remember at reading Dan, that and liking at it. At Dan Vesma, guess what? 
with your bullshit tweet. You just won tweet of the week. <laughs> Hashtag it, JJ Go. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. 206-984-4FUN, our telephone number. JJ Go at MaximumFun.org, our email address. Like us on Facebook, uh, where we are uh, all kinds of activities. Jordan is now on Facebook, by the way. Yeah, you can like yeah. you can like me and Jordan personally, individually on Facebook, sure. and get our personal updates. See who gets more likes. Sexy updates. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what kind of sexy updates are you posting? Probably butthole pics, right? <laughs> you know, just depending on depending on what I get more requests for. Right. Jordan Brown Spider Morris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. I'm Jesse Thorne. Bullseye is all about discovering the good stuff in culture that will do nothing less than change your life. You know, I'd never heard anything like it before. It'd be like seeing a new color, which I guess is music's like biggest asset, is that you can hear new sounds. I'll probably never see a new color. I'll probably never experience like a new crazy taste. But I'll hear new sounds constantly. Culture picks, comedy, and in-depth interviews. It's the good stuff and just the good stuff in popular culture. Every week on Bullseye. Subscribe in iTunes or find it online at MaximumFun.org.